0: You're listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. Next, next couple of weeks, we're going to um, just talk um, about afterlife. Uh, that's where we're going. Um, we've the last um, few weeks, I've just I've, I've been part of funerals. I have been part of conversations and prayers of people who have lost family members um, I have had questions asked to me what you know what comes next what does that look like um, and so I thought it might be a good time just to take a couple of weeks and and talk about this talk about this idea of afterlife that um, what happens next Uh, today we're we're so basically it's we're going to talk about heaven and hell uh and today we're going to we're going to take you through hell uh so to speak right <laughs> uh, uh i mean that in the the best way possible in the conversation that that we're going to have today uh that that word hell gets thrown around a lot in in a lot of different ways um there was a guy when i planted a church rain and i planted a church in uh, valdosta georgia uh back in 2005 um it was a young, it was a church of just young families, young people. I was about 35, 34 years old. Um, and uh, man, I, I, I just, I was way, way out of my league with stuff. Um, and we were trying to figure it all out but but god was was faithful and he brought all these 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 young uh, airmen to us we had a mil- military base there an air force base there so had a lot of young families a l- lot of young airmen who were part of the church and um they were at varying stages of their walk with jesus and uh, this one guy that had s- recently started coming to church uh his name was nick and nick was just he was just just the most genuine person you'd meet, what you see is what you get, right, he's not going to put on any airs, he's not trying to cover up anything, and so Nick catches me, um, like, two minutes before i I walk in to go start service, and he says, Pastor Ryan, I need to talk to you just a second, I was like, okay, I'm like, looking at him, watch, okay, I I got, I got just a couple minutes, and I've got, I've got to get in there, he says, listen, he says, you've been preaching on tithing, Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, we've been in a series talking about giving and tithing. And he's like, you know what, that stuff works. He's like, God has been blessing the hell out of me. And I was just like, <laughs> and I I didn't know at that. I was like, Sh- should I correct him? You know, should I what? <laughs> and I just I was like, man, yeah, I I really want God to just bless you to get, you know, that out of your life. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, and, and so that's that's what I want to talk about this morning is is in the sense of um, this this idea of hell, this idea of uh, how this word gets thrown around because people use it in just a very very flippant way, a very casual way. Uh, it's almost like a filler word sometimes in, in somebody's sentence. And um, and so I want us to talk about this idea of hell because it's. A, it's very serious um it's more than just a filler word for when uh we're aggravated or irritated uh it is something that uh we need to talk about and jesus talked about uh the bible talks about and so i believe (laughs) that if the bible talks about it and jesus talked about it we should absolutely uh, be concerned with what jesus said about it amen and so uh, I, w- I want us to, to look, you're go- we're going to go to Matthew chapter 25 is where we're going to go. And you just um, turn there and, and kind of hold your place there. Um, I want to give you some stats real quick about what people believe about the afterlife or what people believe, some of their beliefs in general. Um, of people, and this was a 2018 study, uh, I think it was Pew Research did this study, and found that 80% of people in 2018 said they believed in God, and and, in God in some way, and God in some form. Then they were asked the question about heaven, and 60% of people said they believed that there was a place called heaven. Whether they knew exactly what that was or looked like or 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 was was anything at all, they said they believed that. So 60, 80% said they believe in God, 60% said they believe in heaven. 40% of the people said they believed in hell uh, can you see kind of how this is kind of diminishing as as we go down and it's like you know what that idea of God I really like the idea of God I really like that there's the idea of something bigger than me who can do something on my behalf and when I'm in trouble I can pray to God 80% of us thought that was a good thing and thought that was a good idea and we thought that it was it was worth uh, our our brain power and and heart power to believe in that all right but then you start getting into these ideas of heaven. And especially when you get down to hell, only 40% of the people said, you know what, I believe that there's a hell. I think that's because hell's an uncomfortable subject, right? We don't like to talk about hell um, in the sense of a very serious conversation. And uh, we, like I said, we use the word hell in a very flippant way, in a very casual way uh, and, and sentence sentences sometimes. And, and in our conversations, we just kind of throw it around. But if we really had to stop and say... What is this? What, let's, let's look at this. Let's talk about this. What does the Bible say about this? So I want us to go to Matthew uh, chapter uh, 25 beginning in verse 31. And this is what we find. It says, and when the Son of Man comes, this is Jesus talking now. This is Jesus talking. And he says this. He says, so when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats now sheep and goats um I know a lot of times those phrases get kicked around. We talk about, are you the goat? We use that in a very different way, though, right? <laughs> being the greatest of all time. It's probably not the same the same idea that Jesus is having here. Uh, we talk about people being sheep. Uh, but Jesus, uh, when he talks about this, uh, like a shepherd having sheep and goats, uh, it's two times that they would the shepherd would separate the sheep from the goats. When they were grazing out in the field, they were eating, he would separate the sheep from the goats when they were eating. And when they were sleeping, uh, the shepherd would come in and he would separate the sheep from the goats because uh, sheep are a little bit more uh, uh, compliant. Sheep are a little bit more docile. Um, And goats are aggravating. Goats are, are <laughs> you know, anybody you've been around goats, you know, goats can, can be aggravating. They could be aggressive, um, and and so w- we've we've seen that uh, at at our brother, uh, Raina's sister's house. They've got goats behind her house, and so these goats can just be can be aggravating. Um, and so Jesus is is, is doing something here. He's separating uh, the sheep from the goats, and he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will place the sheep on the right but the goats on the left then the king will say to those on his right come you are blessed by my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for I was hungry when you gave me food and I was thirsty and you gave me drink and I was a stranger and you welcomed me and I was naked and you clothed me and I was sick and you visited me and I was in prison and you came to me and then the righteous will answer him saying Lord when did we see you hungry and and feed you and thirsty and give you drink and when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you and when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you. And the king answered, said, Truly I say to you, as you did it to the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. And then he said to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. I was naked, and you did not clothe me sick and in prison and you did not visit me then they also answered saying lord when did we see you hungry thirsty or strange or naked or sick or in prison and we did not minister to you then he will answer them truly i say to you as you did not do it to the one of the least of these you did not do it to me and these will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous into eternal life now this is you start reading this and it's like, wow, that is, that's 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 kind of a heavy conversation, right? That is, um, you know, when you start looking at what Jesus is talking about. And I want us to look at some words that get translated. Now, if you're reading from the King James Version, um, the words that get translated sometimes uh, as hell actually mean different things. And so they don't all mean the same thing. And I want us to go through just a few minutes and I want to give you a little bit about what these words that get translated in the Old Testament when you see uh, the word hell show up in the Old Testament it is the word sheol. That is what is the Hebrew word sheol, which is the place of the dead. It's, it's, it's like the place where when people die, that's where they go. And sheol was always kind of considered to be under the earth. It's the equivalent of the Greek idea of Hades, which we'll talk about in, in a minute. Um, this idea that there is this place where when you die, you go, that's where the dead go. And in the Old Testament, this I uh, this idea of afterlife, it's really kind of murky. It's kind of it's kind of muddy. And 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 there's not a, a really clear picture early on in the old testament. And you will see that uh, as as Revelation progresses. Um, that that picture becomes more clear and more clear and more clear and when you get to second temple what's called second temple Judaism that that picture is l- more robust uh, and that's what Jesus, Jesus is born in that period of second temple Judaism and his his terminology and the way that he phrases things is uh, it lines up with that, with that time period and so but early on when you see this idea of hell um Uh, It's really not what we think of as hell. It's actually more of just this idea of the grave, that uh, when someone dies, they will go to the grave. And so it's this word "sheol." You get to the New Testament, and there are three words that get translated uh, as hell in the King James Version in the New Testament. And it is the word tartarus. Uh, Now, if you're thinking tartar sauce, you're just hungry, Okay. I don't know why. I mean, I I got a, a need for fish right now. I just want something fried, right? Maybe some fried shrimp. He's like, you're not helping, pastor. Okay. But this idea of, of Tartarus, it is a it is a Greek, as uh, part of uh, a Greek mythology of this is where rebellious angels went and so this is only one reference to this and it's found in second peter uh chapter 2 verse 4 and it says god did not spare the angels when they sinned but sent them to tartarus put them putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment it's just the idea that there's this place that all the angels that repelled that rebelled all the rebelling um Uh, spiritual forces against God there is a place that they go to and and what what we see I think happening is not that it's giving credibility to um, Greek mythology but they're using verbiage they're using uh, language that the people at that time would have had kind of an idea okay this this is I understand this because it's one thing if you've ever tried to explain to someone uh, what something is and they have no frame of reference. It's almost like someone who's been blind for birth from birth, and you try to describe what the color blue is, right? How difficult is that? And so for you know, for people that have never been to anything like this, um, trying to describe what this looks like can can be challenging. And so there is a verbiage that is used, there is language that is used that helps try to bridge that gap. And so there's only used once, Tartarus. Uh, this idea of Hades is uh, in connection with the Hebrew uh, word Sheol. This would be similar ideas, um, trying to talk about, hey, this is where the dead go. Um, this is where when people die, they, they go to Hades, they go to Sheol. Uh, that would be the prevailing thought in, in that, that, that time. But Jesus, he kind of takes it another step. And when he begins to talk about hell, he uses the word Gehenna. And Gehenna is... Uh, it is Ben Hinnom. It is the uh, it is a place right outside of Jerusalem. So if I, I did I give you I think I gave you did I give you a diagram of Jerusalem? Did I put that? Ah, there? You go. All right. Yeah. So th- if this is Jerusalem, you'll see that on this this kind of this south side there's a valley. It's called the the Hinnom Valley, and and that's what Gehenna. He's referencing Gehenna was an Aramaic, is a Hebrew and Aramaic word for um, the valley of Hinnom, uh, the place of the children of Hinnom. Um, and why did Jesus start talking about this valley? And, and what did he, why did he use it in his reference to hell? Well, basically... Uh, Gehenna or this Valley of Hinnom was the trash dump for the city. You see how close it is. And so basically people would come and they would just dump their trash there. They would dump their refuse there. This is where criminals uh, would be buried. This is where uh, you would have Uh, wild dogs, packs of dogs that would roam through this area because there was just garbage laying around. And so they would be uh, gnashing their teeth at each other. anybody ever heard that term? There would be weeping and gnashing of teeth when dogs would kind of growl and bite and fight over this this rubbish and this stuff, you know, where they're trying to get their next meal. Um, This is the idea. Now, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been to a landfill. You ever been to a landfill? A landfill is is disgusting. I remember when we built our house in Jessup, I had to go to a place called Broadhurst, which is in Wayne County. And this is absolutely the highest point of Wayne County. It has got to be. Because when I got to Broadhurst Environmental, and they, they, they call it they don't call it the landfill, they call it like Broadhurst Environmental. You know, try to clean it up a little bit, right? What you're going to is a landfill and I drove in and I'm pulling this dump trailer behind my truck and I begin to follow this road. They said, just follow that road, and when the road ends, that's where you're going to dump your dump trailer, and so I follow this road, and what I begin to do is I'm going up. It's like going up a mountain. I am going up, and it is circling this mountain of trash, and I actually get nervous because I'm starting to look over the side. I'm thinking, man, if I roll off this thing, this is going to be a bad deal. And not only am I going to be hurt, but I'm going to be hurt and piled under a bunch of trash, right? And so I'm going up, I'm going up, and it is a mountain of trash. Some of you guys, if, you, uh, if you're driving up to Pooler, um, you'll get between 204 and Pooler, and something will hit you in the face. And you're like, what is that smell, if you will look if you're heading to pool or if you will look through the trees on your left you can see there's this kind of this this elevated area it's a mountain of trash guys there's a landfill over there I, I, and and so um, it's these are not it, it when i f- talk about a garbage dump there should be certain senses that kind of kick in for you if you've ever smelled just garbage and trash and things that are rotting and decaying. And Jesus uses this image to say, listen, there's a place that is prepared. And what does he say? There's a place that is prepared for who? The devil and his angels. The devil and those who are uh, who are running wild, those who are, you know, they have rebelled against God. See, there's there's some things that you need to understand about hell, and I want to give you these real quick because we're running out of time. The message about hell is this that Jesus has given. It's real. It's a physical place. He uses a physical location to describe this place, and so hell is a real place. It's horrible. It is not a place, sometimes you hear country music and they'll say, I just want to go drink drink a beer with my friends in hell, something like that. You know, that's that's probably not how it's saying, but that's kind of the gist of the song, right? And that's not going to be how it is at all, all right? So hell is not a place, a horrible place. It's not a place where you're going to go party with friends. It is a place of separation. C.S. Lewis, uh, he was a theologian in the in the early 20th century. C.S. Lewis said, uh, basically said, the worst thing about hell is its hopelessness and its isolation and despair. And so if you think, you know, I'm just going to be down there with my friends and, and we're just going to make the best, that that's not it at all. That's some Not the case at all. Um, When Jesus talks about hell, he talks about it in the sense of separating sheep from goats, that there is a separation that takes place. And so there's a separation that is coming. There's a separation from God. There's a separation from hope. And so it's real. It's horrible. It's a separation. And it's final. It's final. The results of hell are final. It's the results of judgment and punishment. But see, hell was not made for you. You were created for more. You were created for more. You weren't created for hell. It was prepared, and that's what the Scripture says. That's what Jesus said. He says it was prepared for the devil and his angels. So it's not for you. So so if, if if hell exists, does that mean that God, you know, is, is just trying to put us in hell. Why is God so angry with us and, and wants to put us in hell? This is uh, two things I want you to get. First thing is this. Hell exists not because God does not choose us, but because we do not choose him. It's not because God didn't choose us. There's a whole book here of scriptures that talk about how God has chosen us how God has loved us how God has sent his son Jesus for us and if you go read in Exodus chapter 34 and 6 uh yeah Exodus chapter 34 and 6 this is what it says in Exodus 34 6 it says the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord the Lord a God merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness doesn't that sound good doesn't that sound like the God you want to know and this is how God is describing Himself. This is how God is revealing Himself and saying, "Moses, this is who I am." And so but he goes on, He says, "And the Lord passed before Him, and, and keeping steadfast love for thousands, Forgiving iniquity. What is iniquity? There, there are words that get you sin, transgression and iniquity. Iniquity is basically uh, a heavy weight. Forgiving the heavyweight, forgiving the guilt. Have you ever carried around guilt because of something that you've done? Or or carried around guilt and just felt like, you know what, man, I can't believe I did that, I can't believe. And you carry this guilt because you know you're wrong. You know that is, and that is a heavy burden to carry. And this is what it says, he keeping steadfast love for thousands of generations, forgiving the heavy load. Forgiving the iniquity and the transgression. A transgression, what is a transgression? A transgression is something that happens between you and someone else. When you wrong someone else, that's what a transgression is. It's when you hurt someone else, when you do something to someone else. So he forgives this guilt of sin, this, this transgression and sin, uh, this, this thing, this moral decay in our life. But will by no means clear the guilty. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means this. It means that God is just, that God will deal with our iniquity. This word iniquity is a Hebrew word avon, and it means bentness. It means crooked. It means broken. And so God will allow you to sit in your own iniquity. He will allow you to feel the weight of your iniquity. He'll allow you, if that's what you want, if you choose that life, if you choose iniquity over what he offers, he'll allow you to feel the weight of what that is. But you don't have to. You don't have to when he says, I forgive iniquity. And what Jesus is, Isaiah declares it like this. He says, Jesus is this servant that comes, the suffering servant who was crushed for our iniquities. He was, that that weight of our iniquities was placed upon him because, you know what, we couldn't carry that. And so he picked that up for us and carried that and actually won that victory for us. And so God has so much better for us. And so we get a choice. We get a choice to choose. Either we can choose God, and we can choose forgiveness, and we can choose salvation, or we can choose our own way. We can choose what we want. See, Jesus will not be destroyed by this, but he makes a way, a path straight for us. In Psalm 32 and 5, I want to read this scripture real quick, and I'm going to close real, uh, in just a minute if somebody wants to come play. This Psalm 32, 5, this is what it says. It says, I acknowledged My sin to you. And I did not cover my iniquity. You see how these words are getting used? It's like sometimes we think they're all the same thing. Actually, they're a little bit different. They're a little bit different. I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover my iniquity. And I said, I will confess what? My transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. You forgave the weight. You took care of that. God, that's what you want to do. See, it, it, it's 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 like this we weren't created for hell, but we can choose it, it, it It's a choice that we get it, and you say well i'd never cho- I would never choose hell. When we fail to choose God, the only other option is this: when we fail to choose God when we fail to choose to say God I want to know you and I, I want you to know me and I want you to change me when we fail to do that there's only one option left where you say I didn't choose this see we want our freedom to choose but we also want to be free from the responsibility of our choices That's the culture. That's the place that we live. That's the world that we live in. We talk about freedom all the time. Give me my freedom. But then I don't want to have to bear the responsibility of my choices. And see, but God is loving and God has so much for you. But if you choose something other than him, he will let you have it. God will not force Himself on you. See, heaven is not just a default location when people, when you die, people just automatically go to heaven. No, 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 no. Heaven is the benefit of a relationship with God. Just like my children, the benefit out of the relationship that me and their mom have, my children get the benefit of living in our house, my children get the benefit of being part of, of uh, under my, my covering, my authority. They get the benefit of eating my groceries and, and, and the power that we have in the house. You know, they use that. and That's part of being part of the family. And so if they say, I, I don't want to be your child anymore, I can't force that. And that would break my heart for either one of them to walk away from me. So I don't want anything to do with you so when I think about it in those terms and I think why why when our God is so loving he has so much and he's got so much to give to us why do we push back why do we say I don't want anything to do with you it's because maybe you haven't chosen hell but anytime that you choose yourself over God you've chosen hell anytime that we choose self over God and his plan we choose hell because that's that's where we become less human. When we come closer to Jesus, we become more human. We become more closer to what God has intended for us to be. But when we have separation and we walk away, we become less of what God wants us to be and more of what we've chosen to be and more of what we just love. And a lot of times, that's us. We love ourselves. So this morning, I want you to just bow your head, if you will. Guys, hell's a real real place i i i I don't like talking about hell, but I have to because Jesus did. It is a real place, but you don't have to go there. It is a place that wasn't created for you. It is the byproduct of rebellion and a pushback against our Father. So this morning, you get an invitation. This morning, you're getting an invitation from the Father that loves you so much, and He's here right now, and the invitation that He gives you is to come know Him, to come know life. He did not create you for this kind of death. You were actually created to have life, You were actually created to live life. And so you think sometimes that when we pass from this world, when we die physically, we think that we have died. But actually, when we know Jesus, we become more alive than what we've ever been before. It's when we don't know our Father, when we push back and there's separation, that's when we head toward death. And he offers you life. And so this morning, this is what heads bow. Father, speak to our heart right now. I know maybe there's a lot of different ideas about what hell is. And and, and I pray right now, it's, I pray that we just take stock of where we're at. That we would just be real about our decisions and about where we're at and, and so Lord right now I, I just I just take a moment and we stop and we pause. Where are we? Where are we heading? What path are we walking down? Is it a path that is crooked, bent, and broken? Is it the path that is laden we're carrying the weight of our iniquity and the guilt and the shame. But Lord, you have provided a way out through Jesus, the suffering servant of Isaiah, where we can come and say, Father, I want to trust your plan. I want to trust you. And so right now, our prayer is this, that as we come, that we can give you our heart. Lord, if there's separation right now between us and you, I pray that you would close the gap right now close the gap between me and you close the gap that there's no space there's no space between me close the gap Lord that we can come and know life that we can understand life that we can participate in your life and the life that Jesus gives us and has bought for us with his blood on the cross I pray that we would just come to know that life and be more alive than we've ever been that's our prayer this morning We renounce every selfish act. We renounce, Lord, this this path, Lord, that makes us want to walk our own way and do our own thing. But it's a path that leads to destruction. So, Lord, we acknowledge right now that we are in desperate need of a Savior. And that's what we cry out to. We cry out to you, Lord. We cry out to a Savior. Save us. Don't just save us from hell, save us from ourself. Save us from our sins. Save us from the things that we like so well that are not good for us. And Lord, put us under your covering and change our hearts and change our minds, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Can you stand with us? Can we sing this? Can we sing this song together?
1: Could fathom such boundless grace. The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has. Began to breathe and out of the silence The roaring lion Declared the grave Has no claim on me Sing that again Then came the morning oh, God, sing this out. That sealed the promise Your
0: You will will you put that uh, text number up? And listen, this morning, if you prayed with us, if you prayed with us and you said, "Listen, I, I've made a decision," this morning I decided. Just let us know. Just 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 send this text. Just send us the text. I have decided for life. I am choosing life prayed that with us, just let us know, because we want to we be praying with you. We want to journey with you. You are not meant to do this on your own. Two of us believe that. You are not meant to do this on your own. Amen. This is what this is about. Church is not a building. Church is a people. It's a group that we've been called together to live out this life in Jesus. And so we want to know. We want to invite you into that. We want to celebrate that with you. And we want to encourage you in this new life. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. You've been listening to New Life Church in Richmond Hill, Georgia. For more information regarding new life, please visit our website at newliferh.com.